0: You're listening to Healing Through Tarot. I'm your host, Dr. Heather Hardison. Together, we're going to explore divination and help you start your own journey with tarot. I'll discuss my tarot journey and offer ways to use tarot for healing, self development, and personal growth. So, let's get started. So, you have your first deck. Now, what? Hi, listeners. Welcome to Episode 3 of Healing Through Tarot. Today, we will be discussing the first steps of learning to read tarot for yourself now that you've chosen a deck to work with. So grab your cards, and let's get started. After buying your first deck, one of the first things you can do to get to know the cards is to open up your deck and look at all the cards. Hold each card to connect with them and really study the images on the cards. If you have a tarot journal, write down your first impressions of each tarot card. What you notice. What colors are prominent. What does your eye first go to in the image? And what do you think the meaning of the card is? Write all of this down for each tarot card in the 78 card deck. I suggest coming back to this process a year later to read you this exercise to see how your view of that card might have changed as you work with the cards over time. Take your time with this step so that you fully connect with the deck as a whole. The next step is an important one you will need to decide on the resources you want to use to learn the tarot card meanings. These will include any tarot books you want to read or reference and any online sites you want to use to consult for the tarot meanings as you start to work with pulling cards for yourself. There are a few books I recommend starting with. I have read approximately 20 tarot books or so over the past two and a half years and I've narrowed down three that I think are ideal for tarot beginners. The ones I recommend are WTF is Tarot and How Do I Do It by Bakara Whitner, Kitchen Table Tarot by Melissa Sonova, and 78 Degrees of Wisdom by Rachel Pollack. I chose WTF is Tarot and Kitchen Table Tarot because they are easy to digest in a short period of time, and they use modern language to explain the cards, with great life examples for each card. I find that most beginners find these books to be the most fun to read and find them very relatable. I really enjoyed these myself, and WTF is Tarot is by far my favorite tarot book that I've read so far. 78 Degrees of Wisdom is the main tarot source people usually start with, as this book has been in print since about 1980 and is a staple on the shelves of most tarot readers. Rachel Pollack is well-renowned in the tarot community and has studied and written about tarot for over 40 years. There is a new third edition of this book that was just released in 2019. Links to each of these books are included in the show notes and on my blog for this episode that is on my website, healingthroughterra.com. I have a list of other terror resources to study that I will cover in a later podcast where I break down the resources into beginner, intermediate, and advanced levels. For this stage, though, those are the three reference sources that I suggest for those that are just starting out their terror journey. I also want to suggest biddyterra.com This is a free online resource that I used to first learn the card meanings when I started out. I find this is one of the easiest ways to learn each card. As you pull a card, Google the card and BiddyTarot.com comes up as the first result almost every single time. Her meanings for the upright and reversed meanings for the cards are concise and easy to understand. This is such a valuable site for beginners because it's online and it's free. Be sure to check that one out. To connect with your cards, you can sleep with the cards next to your bed at night or under your pillow to bond with the energy of the deck, and to help the cards soak up your energy as well. If you have an altar that you work with, you can place your cards on your altar. I suggest shuffling the cards as much as possible. This infuses the entire deck with your energy. It will start to feel like the cards are part of you and you will work as one. It starts to feel like a natural fluid motion when you work with the cards. And the only way that you can get to that point is to shuffle as much as you can. I spent many nights shuffling as we watched TV to get comfortable with the feel of a new deck that I bought. This process really works. I think it's best to jump right into pulling cards for yourself as you get to know the meanings. Start with a one-card pull daily to help you learn each card and read the meaning in your preferred resource. When you feel comfortable advancing, move to pulling three-card spreads, and then work up from there as you feel comfortable. When you first start working with the cards, you may be wondering how to shuffle and pull cards. There are several methods to choose from. This was something that I spent a lot of time looking online for when I first started, and I was disappointed that I couldn't find many videos showing the options. Luckily, some of my favorite readers have recently recorded some videos that show the various shuffling methods. In the show notes, I have included links for the YouTube videos uploaded by Avalon Cameron and Ethany Dawn, two of my favorite readers. It might be easier to see the options visually, as I walk you through them here in this episode. Their videos are fantastic, and I wish they had been around when I got started with the cards, so I strongly suggest you look at those. Many readers riffle shuffle, which is when you shuffle two piles of cards into each other casino style. This is the style we've all seen. This method can be hard on decks, and it can cause some decks to wear out quickly. It can also create a bend in the middle of the decks, It can be awkward to learn and even difficult for those of us with arthritis and carpal tunnel. The method I prefer to that is a version called corner riffle shuffling, where you just overlap the two piles of cards at the corners slightly and you gently fold them into one pile. This is less harsh on the deck and it can preserve the cards for a longer period of time. And it's also better on the hands. Another method I prefer is overhand shuffling. You can either do this by holding the deck in your hand horizontally in landscape position or you can stand the cards up tall in your hand and shuffle them vertically in portrait position. For larger decks, it's easier to hold them upright so you don't stretch out your hand too much. Then you just fold the cards from the back over the top and let the cards fall over each other to mix them up. In this method, you use your thumb to grab and stabilize the cards in the front. You can even alternate and let some cards fall in the front and some in the back. This further mixes up the cards. Whichever feels natural. An easy shuffling method is to deal the cards into piles to randomize them or hold the whole deck and gently drop portions of the cards into different piles. Then you can combine the piles back into one pile and pull cards. This is great for beginners. Some readers spread the cards around on the table or desktop to mix them up and then pick cards randomly from the piles of mixed cards. Or you can gather the mixed cards back into the pile to pull the cards. This is called the washing machine method and great for getting reversal cards. This is easy for those that struggle with other shuffling methods, and it's easy to spin and mix the cards up quickly. Now's the perfect time to start the Divining Sisters series. Books 1 through 3 are already out, and Book 4 is dropping in June 2024. Book 4 will be the last book in the series during the Modern Timeline. So dive in and binge the books that readers are calling Magical, Healing, Empowering, and Harry Potter for Adults. This fictional divination book series, Centering on Tarot and All Things Related to Divination, focuses on reconnecting with past life gifts, sisterhood, empowerment through facing fears, and learning to step out of the shadows, which for these diviners comes from their love of the craft of divination, which is carried over from many lifetimes. Throughout this series, these sisters retrace the threads of faith that bind them to better understand where this journey is leading them, after reuniting in this lifetime. As their enemies close in, the pieces of their past start to shift into place, revealing key details about their destiny set in motion lifetimes ago. Will learning about their past incarnations help them overcome their fears to embrace their shared mission or will the adversaries reemerging from their past stop them before stepping into their full power? You'll have to read to find out. And standalone prequels are coming, which will delve into the sisters' past witch incarnations, shedding light on how the witch trials in Salem and Europe served as the bedrock for my enchanting series. Readers are claiming it is their new favorite witchy series that has a unique healing impact helping to awaken readers to begin their own healing journey you can find the ebooks and paperbacks of all the divining sister series books on amazon and the ebooks are also on barnes and noble apple books scribd kobo smashwords and more read the book blurbs on author.heatherhardison.com, and there's a link in the show notes for your convenience Start your magical journey with the Divining Sisters today with Book 1, The Call of the Cards, and find your way back to yourself through their inspiring story. If you're looking for more tarot and oracle spreads, I've created a line of Healing Through Tarot spread ebooks that are for sale on my website, HealingThroughTarot.com. There's a spread for all seasons that contains 17 custom spreads Designed to guide you through the seasons of any year, including holidays, birthdays, full and new moons, Mercury retrogrades, and seasonal spreads, along with weekly and monthly spreads that you can reuse year after year. I also have two volumes of healing and mental health spread ebooks, each containing 15 spreads centered around healing and mental health issues, including managing anxiety and depression, restoring balance, body healing, inner child healing, wound healing, and much more. My Healing Through Tarot Shadow Work Spread eBook and Workbook consists of 20 shadow work spreads and exercises, which guide you through diving into your shadow, identifying and neutralizing triggers, managing self-criticism, as well as integrating your shadow aspects so you can tap into your greatest potential and live a more authentic life. And if you want to explore your life path more, I have a life path and purpose spread ebook that offers 15 spreads that will help you identify and align with your life path and sail to success. Spreads like the life path alignment spread, path guidance spread, conquering obstacles on my path, advice for my future self, and karmic healing path spreads all help you position yourself to step into your full power. And achieve the purpose you incarnated to fulfill. This line of Healing Through Tarot Spread ebooks is designed to help take you through the healing work needed, to heal old wounds, and step into brand new energy of empowerment. You can find all of these on healingthroughtarot.com, and each spread book is priced affordably between $10 and $15. Together, we can heal through tarot. Just like shuffling, there are multiple methods for pulling cards. In the second part of this podcast, I'm going to cover several of these methods here for you to experiment with. One method is just to start shuffling the deck with any method you prefer and pull any card you feel drawn to as you are shuffling. Or sometimes you may feel or hear the word pull, and then you know to pull that card. You may also feel the need to stop shuffling at one point because it feels complete And you know to stop shuffling and pull a card at that time from either the top or the middle of the deck. Go with your gut. Or, cards may be flying out while you're shuffling. I always read those jumpers because I feel they're important messages. If you're pulling cards in a particular spread, you can put the jumpers to the side and still continue them after you pull cards for each position. There are times when I use all flyers or jumpers for the entire reading. For me, this is just fun. There are just some decks that produce flyers easily and it's a lot of fun to watch the cards fly, it feels pretty magical too. And I've got to be honest, clients love flyers. There's just a flair to it. So for me, this is the most fun way to pull. You can split the deck after shuffling and choose the middle card. That would be the top card of the remaining pile. If you're pulling multiple cards, you can just keep pulling cards from that spot in the deck. Another method is to shuffle and divide the deck into three piles and turn over the top card of each of those piles. This is a quick and easy way to do a three-card spread. Or a slight variation on that same method is to stack those three piles back up in any order that feels right to you and turn over the top card. Another option is to shuffle the deck and then hold the deck in your dominant hand. You then use your non-dominant hand to lift the deck up and pull cards that feel right from different parts of the deck. This is my preferred method, especially with decks that separate easily. That's, for me, those are well-worn-in decks or really thin cardstock where they don't stick together very easily. It just becomes instinct on which cards to pull. I like this method with the worn-in decks because you're able to easily slip your hand into the deck and pull multiple cards quickly, and it becomes completely intuitive. After you get the hang of it, your hand knows exactly which part of the deck to pull from. I just turn off that logical part of my brain, and it happens automatically. An extremely easy way to split the deck is to hold the deck in one hand after ample shuffling and let the deck slide gently into your other hand. And where the cards naturally split is where you pull cards from. Think of it like letting a book gently fall open to a random page. You just find that natural break in the cards. This is great for beginners because it's so easy and it's so natural. I use this next method quite a bit. When overhand shuffling vertically, some cards will just pop up at the top, and they're obviously sticking out from the rest of the cards. Sometimes I pull all of my cards for my spread from these cards that are in this pop-up version. A general guideline to use when pulling cards is that if a card draws your focus while shuffling, you pull those cards. They're vying for your attention. Remember, the cards are speaking to you. When they stand out, listen. Traditionally, in pop culture, you will see a tarot reader shuffle the cards and fan them out beautifully on a table and pick cards from that fan. The reader or seeker can wave their hands over the cards and scan the cards and choose when they feel their hand get hot, cool, or tingly. And this will be different for each person. That is energy you're feeling in your hand. Typically, you do this with your non-dominant hand because that's your intuitive hand. So if you're right-handed, you would use your left hand and vice versa. A very creative way to pull cards that I've just learned about from Ethony Dawn is to use dice to determine how many cards to pull in your spread. So if you roll a three, you would pull a three-card spread. Then you roll the dice each time to determine how many cards you will count off the top of the deck until you pull the card for each position. So for example, let's say we rolled a three and we're pulling a three-card spread. Next, we roll the die again and we get a four. So you will count off three cards and pull the fourth card to put in your card position. You keep rolling the die for each card position. You return the discarded cards to the bottom of the deck each time. Anthony Dawn's YouTube shuffling video shows this cool method in action. This is a completely new method to me, so I really want to experiment with this one because it seems like a creative way to spice up my readings. I'm always looking for new methods to try out, so this one's next on my list. There are some factors that will inform the method that you choose for shuffling and pulling cards. Card stock and the size of the deck are the factors that matter the most to me. Larger decks can be hard to handle as they stretch your hands and put a strain on the hand over time. Those larger cards may need to be shuffled with the overhand vertical method. Thicker card stock can make it difficult to riffle shuffle because the cards don't have much give and aren't flexible. If the cards are too stiff or sticky, they're hard to break apart. In this case, you can use fanning powder to help the cards slide better, and this helps to break the cards in and make them easier to shuffle. I have had some success with fanning powder with some of my indie decks that have thick cardstock. I found fanning powder online, and Walmart also carries this product. You sprinkle the powder on each card and rub it in with a cloth, and then you wipe off any excess powder. Then the cards slide over each other perfectly. If you read reversals, you may want to split the deck and take one pile and turn it around before shuffling the cards together. This helps randomize them. Do this as many times as you feel necessary. Some decks have non-reversible backs, though, so you can tell if the cards are reversed, and that can be difficult if you're the type of reader that wants to pull cards having no clue if you're pulling an upright or a reversed card. This, this varies from deck to deck. I will make a note here that if you do read with reversals, You want to put the cards back upright before reading for another client. That way the previous reading doesn't impact the new reading. This resets the deck. Then you have to start the whole process of reversing the cards again as you shuffle, but you want it to be randomized, so even though it does take extra time, it is well worth it. Now that we've covered a variety of shuffling and card pulling options, my advice is to try all of these methods and after practicing with them, see which method or methods you gravitate towards. One or two methods may feel more natural for you. Of course, you can even mix shuffling methods if you feel like it. Much of the time, that's what I'll do. I'll corner riffle shuffle a few times and then overhand shuffle until I'm ready to pull cards. What is important is that whatever option you decide to go with, you set that intention as you start to shuffle the cards for the reading. But don't overthink it. Feel into the cards, lean into the process you will intuitively feel what is right for that deck or the spread that you're working with at that moment. I work intuitively with my decks, so I shuffle differently with each deck. They have a different feel in my hands. I handle them differently. But each reader is different in this regard. So find your own style. If you're forcing it, it won't feel natural. Think of tarot as more of an art than anything else. You get better results when you go with the flow and follow the energy where it naturally flows. Forcing things blocks that creative and intuitive flow in the connection with the cards. So when in doubt, let the cards and the energy guide you and shut off your analytical mind for a while. Tarot is my main form of meditation, so shutting down my brain is one of the first things I do when shuffling. I then let my intuition guide me through the process. When starting a reading, my personal method is to knock on the deck three times on the top of the deck and then three times on the bottom of the deck to infuse my energy into the deck and it resets my cards for the next question. If anyone has touched your deck recently, then knocking your energy into it clears it and resets it, so I always start with this method. I then set my intention of how I will be pulling cards as I focus on the question I'm reading on. Sometimes this isn't even a conscious thought, though. Sometimes my hands just know how to shuffle the deck, and I go with it. I don't focus too much on it. I continue to focus on the question the entire time that I'm shuffling. Don't rush the shuffling process. You get a feel for when it's time to stop shuffling, and then it will be time to start pulling the cards for your reading. So now that we've covered shuffling and card pulling methods and tarot resources, you have plenty to get started on as you find your own personal way of working with the cards. You also now have some guidance on how to familiarize yourself with the tarot card meanings, and you can start your daily pulls, starting with one card a day and working up to three card pulls as you feel comfortable with the cards. Don't forget to check out the links in the show notes for the YouTube videos by Avalon Cameron and Ethony Dawn, where they walk you through these shuffling and carpooling methods so you can visually see how these methods work in practice. I also have a blog post that goes along with this episode on HealingThroughTarot.com. In the next podcast episode, I will be covering the types of questions to ask for your readings and how to phrase those questions for the best outcome, along with how to get started with terror spreads. So join me then thanks for listening to this episode. If you found this information valuable, consider subscribing to the show so you never miss an episode. And please rate and review this podcast and tell fellow card readers about the show. You can find more tarot tips on my blog on healingthroughtarot.com and on my Pinterest and Instagram page, both under Healing Through Tarot. That's through spelled T-H-R-U. See you next time, card slingers.